1: It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR,
2: IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the final inspection
0: show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zocchi.
3: And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com for all the latest and new and used vehicles. Yes, you can get a certified used vehicle, as well as a new vehicle at David Hobbs Honda. Of course, I drive around in a beautiful white pearl white honda crv and i just love it it's comfortable and it even has enough pep for my right foot especially getting on and off the expressway so certainly appreciate it and it was a fun actually a very nice uh uh transaction at davidhobbs.com getting that done so we're about to get david here in just a moment and uh talking formula one and uh last week with the italian grand prix it's amazing how much fun uh formula one can be when the mercedes aren't dominating the race and that certainly was the case last week you had a situation where uh certain uh, number two driver of artillery uh botas was uh, kind of slipped back to the back and and then you had a, a red flag uh, issue with uh violation with uh lewis hamilton in fact let's get uh, david online here and we'll talk about the italian grand prix from last week David, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks very much, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be on it again, as always.
3: And I was just cool. telling the listeners, it was amazing how much fun a Formula, a Formula One race can be when uh, when Mercedes isn't dominating the race. Yeah,
1: well, unfortunately, you better get ready for another one tomorrow, by the way. I think. Yes, it, was, it made for an instant Grand Prix. Um, as always as i've always said luck played a huge part of it because ghastly uh was incredibly lucky because he just made his pit stop uh and of course they let lance stroll change his tires in the pits under a red flag which is counter to all that ever used to happen for me i mean you weren't supposed to touch the car under a red flag and um, there he was changing his tyres otherwise, you really would have finished about, you know, uh, six or seven So, but uh, but it did make, for instance, which, of course, has, has reintegrated all that stuff we went through last year about having reverse grids. Um, and Ross Braun, who this this said that uh, they go to, going to so, <laughs> so people may get their wish at the end so. I
3: don't think the drivers are telling it is. Well, and you certainly saw that last week where you had uh, Hamilton because of the. It was an obvious violation, and it wasn't necessarily. You, you can't really. I, I, I mean, the team took the blame for it, but you could see it. Uh, playing as plain as day from the in-car coverage that uh, he he did pit under red flag conditions. Uh, yes. But you had a you had a situation with Hamilton coming up through the field, and then he had the unfortunate situation with Kimi Raikkonen with the Alpha Team, who went with uh, I guess with the softer tires and should have went with the mediums and just dropped like a rock. So you had one driver going up and one one driver unfortunately falling through the field. You
1: did, um, and that that was a bit unfortunate for Kimi uh but on the other hand uh, I think Hamilton's uh display of mastery at the situation was still again when you think that he finished up seven seconds or eight seconds whatever it was and two places behind Valtteri Botas, his teammate who of course you know had been um duke it out never could get never could get above about fifth and uh and how to pull to the
3: entire field caught up with him. Yeah, I think that's a good point with Botas because, I mean, when was the last time well, I, I guess the the unfortunate, I guess you could say fortunate or unfortunate uh, depending on your thinking, is, you know, Botas hasn't been in a situation in a while where he has to battle for position with these guys as close because usually he's following behind uh, uh, Hamilton and clean air, so I, yeah. I think it's an interesting you know, situation where, you know, is he playing safe? I, in, in my opinion, he's the ultimate number two guy because he's never going to challenge uh, uh, Hamilton for that number one position. We've seen, especially in, in Formula One with politics, when you have two number one drivers on a team, it can definitely cause issues. But in this case, Botas, I think, is the, the ultimate number two driver.
1: Uh, he's the perfect number two driver for Lewis, as was Ruben Barrichello for Michael Schumacher. I mean the same thing. I mean, he was quick enough to beat everybody else, but he was never quick enough to beat Michael. Um, he could have done on occasion. There's no doubt about it. And I think they stole a couple of races from him, which really wouldn't have made much difference to the world championship. Uh, but it, it certainly would have made a big difference to his resume when you look at the you know wins and losses and that sort of thing. But um, but you're right. Potas uh, does make a perfect second and. Um, you know, guys like him are always saying, "Well, we might have to go somewhere else." But the fact is, you know, where else would you go? Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then and, you get. Go ahead.
1: Well, I got to say, the other big news, of course, is this week is Vettel going to the Aston Martin team this year, which is now Racing Point, which has already just changed its name once. Now he's going to change it again to Aston Martin. I, you know, I think that's a big. I don't. I don't see him doing necessarily any better at racing point and he's doing it for himself but um it's difficult no the, the, he wants to stay in racing um in, well in form of one he doesn't want to do anything else i don't think um but we have an interesting season coming up with uh um, we've done a few more races what are, we, what are we going to end up with this year 17 races is it Total. i believe so yeah yeah which actually considering they didn't start till july um is pretty
3: damn good. <laughs> well, and I wanted to bring up uh, Pierre Gasly, because here you have a situation where, you know, Pierre Gasly on the, on the second, basically, the second-tier uh, Red Bull team, go, goes out, wins a Grand Prix, and everybody's like, "Wow, I can't believe he got demoted. And then you have a situation this morning where he doesn't make it out of Q1. So, <laughs> and I think it kind of, it, it, you know, I, I think you understand why now he's, you know, why why he's there and not at Red Bull, correct? Well, exactly. And uh, I, I, I'm disappointed in the Honda engine this year. Although
1: today, you know, Verstappen ended up just a hundreds behind uh, Botas and Hamilton. So the Honda, and this is a high-speed track again, um, although um, not as fast as last week. Uh, what was the speed this year polled, you know?
3: Today I do not know, but I no. I, I thought I, I thought Red Bull was a little lo- was closer. I think they were only uh, three three to five tenths off.
1: So, yeah. so they were yeah.
3: it was it was a tighter field than it was last week.
1: Yes, a lot tighter. And uh, so I mean Honda must be fairly satisfied with that. And uh, but I mean the Gasly Fiat. I mean this is only the second time this year that the Fiat has out-qualified Gasly. Uh, so Gasly certainly seems to be the absolute number one in that AlphaTauri team, um, the second Honda group. And uh, is he better than Albon? I mean, he was giving Albon a hard time last week, uh, and he gave him a hard time at Silverstone. So I think Gasly is probably pretty good. I think I think he's probably better than Albon himself. But um, I think they made that snap decision last year and moved. Gasly down, and I and I don't think they're going to make another step to move it back up again. Um, they're going to give Albon a bit more time, which they probably should have given Gasly a bit more time.
3: Right? Yeah. I mean, you you can go either way with that with that, but especially with his performance today, I think he he was disappointed, and I'm sure the team was uh, disappointed yeah. at that. Um, it is interesting, though, when you look at uh, Perez you know moving on where he might end up with the racing points like you said soon to be aston ah. martin uh but you know vettel you had uh leclerc qualified fifth was that was quite a surprise because ferrari had not been showing any speed vettel well, is way in the back uh you know i mean he he's pretty much checked out for the year hasn't
1: he oh i think so yeah i really do and to be honest I'm not sure that he hasn't checked out of Formula One, really. I mean, yes, they've given him another drive. The fact is that last year and the year before, he had some pretty diabolical mistakes. He's made some pretty diabolical mistakes for a four-time world champion. And, um, you know, obviously he's dispirited and he's lost interest in all all the other clichés, you know. So he feels down and out. But, um, you know, in Formula One, you can't afford to do that, as Gasly showed showed
3: last week. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And, of course, this week they're in uh, the, it's the Tuscan Grand Prix at Mugello, is it? And yeah. Did you have a race there? I don't know if you have a race. It opened up, I think, at 74. Well, that track. ask me
1: who won the first ever race at the new Mugello. Would that be you? <laughs> I was going to Google it before I spoke to you, Um but I did win at Mugello in its first year, 1974, in the Carl Hogan's Formula Five Thousand car. We ran it. We ran it in England for a few races. We ran at Silverstone. I won that. Uh, we ran at Mallory Park, and I did not win that. And then we went off to do some races in, in uh, Italy and uh, Europe. And Guy was with us. Guy was with his girlfriend Kathy, and we went off to Italy and had a fantastic time. The circuit is only just a very few miles in France. And um, we had a very good run. And um, it rained for the race. It rained like hell. In fact, today, they would never have started it. But, of course, in those days, you know, it rained. And um, I don't know where I qualified, but I overtook a lot of people very early on and swept into the lead. And uh, then they red flagged the race they said it was too wet. And then, the Italian organisers tried not to pay me my money. Because <laughs> in those days, you, know, you, you they gave you starting money, you'd go for a starting money, and they'd pay you prize money as well. And they didn't want to pay, because they said, well, yeah, but senior Hobbs, the race is shorter, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, yeah, but we still come 2,000-bar round trip to get here, and go home again. Um, anyway, they did cough up the dough in the end, but it was a bit of a season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I gotta Google that see I, I think I won that race. And I think it, it might have been the first ever race in New Zealand.
3: Interesting. Yeah. Uh and I guess it hasn't changed that much. I thought it was interesting they actually had an uh, uh, on uh, Sky Sports had an interesting uh with our with our favorite saltine cracker Martin Brundle. Um yeah. Uh, with the that sweeping that that last sweeping turn before the pits, and yeah. how the F1 drivers are driving it right on the edge on the outside, n- yeah. not even pretending to hit any type of apex. What was what 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 were your thoughts on that when you saw that? I don't know. There must be
1: some maybe there's a sort of camber in the road that we can't see very well, uh, and they finding the outside. It is a bit odd, I have to say, and uh, I'm not quite sure. Why they're doing that, and of course you, know, you enter the pits off that as well. So you flash into the pit entry at some god almighty mighty speed.
3: Yeah, because they're 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 going to be really have to be hard on the binders to get into pits because yeah. it's not they a are, long pre. I mean, this is not um, your this is not your modern Formula One track. So and and obviously it has, has a few design
1: tweaks. <laughs> Ideal, as we said yesterday with Perez and Vettel. I mean. So they're going to have to modify that a bit I think um, but I think it's a great track and uh, I think all the drivers should absolutely love it um, but of course I, I suppose Elf and some sort of slow it down and put your in and I don't know if they have another race there but, but it obviously deserves a race it's, obviously, it's a great location and it's a great track I mean it's a lovely track
3: it certainly is. We're talking to David Hobson, the Great Midwest Bank Hotline on the Final Inspection Show. And where where do you think Sergio Perez is going to end up next? year? I have
1: absolutely no idea, and I can't think where he'll want to go. Um, I really can't. Uh, he can't go to Red He can't go to McLaren. He can't go to Ferrari. Um, I mean I'm see I see Gunther Steiner from Haas saying well, oh he's gonna Well I should think he would be from Gunther Steiner's point of view, but sure. I, I can't see I think Is he Sergio Perez where to would go drive a horse? I mean you know, um he'd probably end up at Alfa Romeo. Mayor. Wright will probably retire and he'll probably end up at Alfa Romeo. I can't think of a way else he could possibly go.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Especially... But he, he
1: brings he, he brings a lot of money though.
3: He does, and that's and very Alpha important. Mayo. And Alpha might be very
1: glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, interesting.
3: Did, did you see the uh, news, I think it was earlier today, about Formula One? If you want to be a new team, you have to bring in, like, $200 million to the other teams?
1: <laughs> I They didn't make it easy to join, didn't they?
3: <laughs> no, I mean, especially <laughs> if, if you lose another team. I mean, I think at yeah. this point, wouldn't you want to promote? I mean, he, <laughs> You and I had a discussion a couple of years ago when we had Marussia and you had the Virgin team and all these, and I, I loved yeah. it. I, I think the more the merrier, and you weren't too happy about it. Yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 it's not like the late 80s. I don't, I don't think it has to be like the eight, late 80s when you had, I mean, you, you had, you actually had to do pre-qualifying, and you had Pacific, and you had all these small, real, yeah. minute teams. But, I mean, it would be nice to have another two, three uh, teams in Formula One.
1: Oh, I think it would be. I think, I think, you know, if you could get a 20, 20, 26, um, car grid, would be better than 20, uh, obviously. As long ago, as that wall a lot slower. But I, I, no, I really think that uh, they could do more teams. Um, and I remember the, the start of the, the entry price, when they first had talks about reducing the cost of building um, one, the enterprise then was like $40 million. And I used to think, well, oh, good God, now it's $200 million. That, that seems to be totally counterproductive um, to um, the John Todd and the, and the Liberty Media who run for the one. It seems to be counterproductive to what they say they want, which is more teams and uh, a smaller budgets. Uh, I mean, they're
4: talking-
1: uh, which is a lot smaller than the 500 million, but um, if it's a 200 million entry fee, it still doesn't help, does it?
3: <laughs> no, it doesn't, and. Uh Quote here in a Motorsport.com article that McLaren CEO Zach Brown said the arrangement would not only ensure that any new entrants are serious, but it also protects the value of the current teams. As a result, uh, sale of Williams to Dorotan Capital for about $180 million proved. And that's also dividing up the prize money, too, if you went from 11 teams to uh, 12 teams. So I understand why they're doing it, but I don't necessarily agree with it, I guess.
1: Well, of course, the established guys have always been against uh, any extension because of the, the prize money. You know, uh, obviously, every new team that's in there it dilutes the prize money, um, and they don't want to do that. People are already there; they don't want to do that.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. No. Well, David, we we certainly appreciate you taking time out, and I, I don't know if you want to tell the listeners uh, your your recent upgrades you've had uh, installed. Well,
1: I'm wearing a t-shirt. Uh, orthopedic Hospital, which says congratulations on your new joint. So, you yeah, <laughs> know, I had a, a new knee on Tuesday, so it's still pretty sore. But uh, not sore, not too sore to chat with you guys. So uh, hopefully I'll be up and running around in about oh, either two years.
3: <laughs> Excellent. All right, well, we certainly appreciate you taking time out with us and uh, talking some Formula One, and uh, maybe we'll see you up uh, next week uh, for the uh, VSCDA event, the Fall Festival up at Road America. Maybe the listeners might uh, see you up there. So
2: appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you
3: again. All right, thanks very much, Steve. All right, thanks, David. That was uh, David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
2: Has your passion all grown your home? The Great Midwest Bank Home Renovation Loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. When we come back,
3: we're going to talk from RacingNation.com, Eddie Lapine. We're going to talk some IndyCar racing and sports car racing coming up next. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke. We'd like to thank David Hobbs Honda and, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway for their support of the show. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com. It is Fast Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, sir.
4: Hey, guys. How are you doing today?
3: We're doing fantastic. A little wet. I'm down here in Chicago. and uh, But it looks like it finally stopped uh, in Milwaukee. But it looks like it should be letting up here finally in a little bit. Uh, I want to jump right in. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, sports car racing to kick things off. And I wanted to get your uh, opinion here. Uh, IMSA re- revealed their 2021 season. Uh for for next year and it looks good you got 12 events on the on the calendar uh but they also added the caveat that they're gonna join uh we're gonna have an lmp3 class so we're gonna have three prototype classes and that's to uh bolster uh the car counts which and let's let's admit it it's been a struggle for the prototypes there's always been an ebb and flow uh with the prototypes with entries and uh what do you think of that eddie
4: well, I, I I think it's good. Um, I knew it was coming, but uh, I think it's going to make a little more exciting racing, too, because of the younger drivers that are in that class.
3: Hey, t- is it something they could have uh, maybe did something where... Uh... Well, yeah, we'll try and get Eddie back here in just a moment here. But, I, I, you know, my my opinion, I, I think it would have been nice if they, because the LMP cars, you're only running two or three three cars at this point. And I, I thought it would have been a way to maybe, uh, through weight or engine performance, just kind of combine the two. Because, I mean, let's face it, LMP2, you only have a few cars there. Why not just combine the, the two classes? We'll get Eddie's opinion on that. Uh, when he comes back here, but looking at the schedule, it looks pretty good here. Of course, uh, the, the IMSA season's gonna start off at the Rolex uh, 24 at Daytona on July 28th through the 31st, and then uh, they, and then it it goes to uh, pre, uh, St. Patrick's Day it looks like March 17th, uh, the 12 Hours of Sebring. Eddie, welcome back. I was saying well, before we lost you, yeah. uh, well, what we, are, we were are you...
4: talking about the weather, and we're having storm. <laughs> actually, our power's out. Oh, Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we got something um, in common.
3: <laughs> the I was thinking, what if you know, with the LMP2 cars, you only have two or three cars in a race. Wouldn't isn't there a way through a balance of performance or something where you could have just combined those two classes?
4: I, I think you're right. I think that I think they should review the LMP2 because I think just overall. Remember a couple years ago when PC was going to be a big prototype class?
3: Right, yep.
4: That just fizzled down to two cars. and You know, quite honestly, I think you can't have two cars running in a class. It just doesn't make sense. And I think that's something they should look at, but I think the LMP3 could be a 10 to 12 car, you know, boost to the series. Sure. Uh, seeing that we're losing Porsche at the end of the year and uh, I would say that BMW will probably be next in the Michelin class right now that uh, I just think that we just have lots of situations going on right now with this pandemic has not helped the whole racing fraternity so to speak because I think What's happening is it's just expediting, you know, people that can't afford to do it, uh, your privateers that are dropping out, and the uh, manufacturers are going other directions in these times. So I think it is a good move, but I think they'll have to tweak it as they go along. And IMSA's been pretty good doing that.
3: Yeah, and we, we've seen this throughout the many years of the and other car series where manufacturers come in and the sanctioning bodies want to call call to the manufacturers is well, all the money and the promotion they bring in with it. I mean, but then, you know, they kind of turn their back on the privateers, the manufacturers win their championships, they move on. And then the and they, the, then they're wondering where all the privateers went. So it certainly is Bingo a balance of, you know,
4: you're totally right, Steve. You you hit it right on the head. Uh, they try to curtail it to bring the manufacturers, and as you know, we've already heard now Penske will be out of the Acura mm-hmm. deal, and I, I don't see anybody putting their hand up as a privateer to run that operation. It's too costly, and I think yep. it's really it's detrimental to the series to lose. Acura, a big manufacturer and they're trying to shop right now to get somebody to run the deal, but you know they'll probably lay down a budget and, right. and that's kind of like what happened with Roger, I think with Penske they went and they said they needed X amount of dollars and don't forget they have the highest paid drivers in the paddock in, in their mm-hmm. cars this year, so and I think that didn't help the
3: situation. No, it didn't. It certainly did not. Let's switch gears to uh, IndyCar racing there. We're doing two at Mid-Ohio. It's funny that I was talking with David Land uh, last week about it, wondering uh, is, is Mid-Ohio going to happen or not, and not more than a half hour after the show, IndyCar made the announcement that they actually are going to run uh, Mid-Ohio this week. So it, it's funny. It's interesting just how... Fast and fluid, these schedules are in these within these racing series. You basically had a. a, a, a the race that was canceled or postponed, we didn't know it was going to happen. And then, boom, they announce it. Not only do they announce it, but they're announcing that they're going to have it six days or seven days later. So they're running two two races at Mid-Ohio this weekend. And they had opening practice, and it was Ryan Hunter-Ray uh, quick so far for Andretti Autosport. Kind of interesting, Eddie, especially when we've seen such dominance uh, at Scott Dixon at this track. And not only that, but also uh, he's been just so dominant this year, too.
4: Well, and they just finished the first group, and the second group of qualifying is taking place right now. Will Power was the fastest, and it it was amazing because I think Dixon was ninth fastest. He got bumped down to ninth fastest. And even in the interview with him after, I think he just got a bad set of tires, it sounded like he had no grip but i think it's going to be it's kind of interesting the way racing like even with nascar and with no practice uh the limited amount of practice they had one practice session today they're qualifying right now on the track and then the race the first race is going to take place a few hours later at yep. 4:30 eastern and it's it it really makes the teams work because Pato Award crashed in the session. He, they got the car fixed. And I think he was like fourth or fifth fastest. Um, hmm. So it, it it's kind of, it puts their backs against the wall too uh, yeah. for the teams if they do have a problem. But I think it it's fun that they're doing like at Road America where they did the two two races on two different days it It's good for the fans, and they had 6,000. They let 6,000 people in there at Mid-Ohio. And as they said on the radio, they were sold out. Yeah.
3: Well, and that's that's a real strong race. Uh, That's kind of like Honda's home race. They have a, a manufacturing... Uh, facility there in ohio and that and, and honda is really uh, embraced and and supported that race for many many years so i'm sure they they certainly want to see that race happen and i'm kind of curious to know how much of those are are honda employees or, or you know movers and shakers and how much are the, the fans it would be interesting to see but uh certainly good to see uh mid ohio this weekend you get to see two races out there um and uh, anything else you want to bring up with uh, IndyCar that, that they kind of tripped your trigger this week? Well, I just
4: think these younger drivers are just adding a different, uh, I mean, they have a, such a stellar, another rookie field this year, and I think it's going to be an exciting race in a few hours.
3: Yeah, it certainly is, and you look at you know what, not even like even from last year, Felix Rosenquist, uh, what he's been able to accomplish so far this year uh, with Ganassi, and then he, and you have uh, uh we we brought it up when we had him on the show a couple weeks ago, Michael Shank Racing, uh, with them finally being able to step up full time and seeing what Jack Harvey's been able to do and his progress progression. Uh, incrementally, week by week, he just seems to get a little bit better and better. And then, of course, you have you know the guys like Patel Pat War and V, you know Vikis and all these guys who have been just so fun to watch. So, yeah, they they certainly have uh, brought a lot of excitement to uh, IndyCar racing, Eddie. Well, definitely, and I think it's you know I mean it's the hottest ticket in town right
4: now. I have to say, and I think these races will show that here, definitely.
3: Yeah, it certainly will. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring the Polish pipe bomb back on. We're going to do predictions for Richmond this weekend and Mid-Ohio. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. And I just want to give our listeners a reminder, on September 20th of this year, on a Sunday, uh, at the New Berlin, VFW is the next Hales Corners reunion. Uh, Make sure you check that out. They should be running from 10 to 6 p.m. That's at the VFW in New Berlin. I believe that's off of Howard Avenue uh, west of Moreland if I recall uh, 10 to 6 make sure you get out there they have lots of uh, old drivers uh, from Hale's Corner Speedway will be out there in the area along with some uh, race cars and whatnot, and a memorabilia show so if you're interested in uh, getting a mem- a table at the memorabilia show uh, make sure you get a hold of Ralph Jr. at Greenfield Gallery you can find them online in, in uh, McGuanago uh, and uh, get a hold of Ralph Hibbert Jr and uh, for if you want to display and sell stuff at their memorabilia show that they're going to have at the Hales Corners reunion. That's uh, September 20th from 10 to 6 at New Berlin VFW. And joining me once again on the Great Midwest Bank Online from RacingNation.com, it is Eddie Lapine, and the Polish Pipe Bomb is back too. So um, we're going to do predictions maybe, uh, here. Uh, and we maybe, got...
4: I'll come up, maybe I'll come up there for it. Maybe they'll have some... Uh... Crazy Jim Demolition Derby uh, uh, used <laughs> race parts that I, uh, I I smashed in 30 years ago.
3: Yeah, we, we need to talk to Pat Heaney. We need to get some Crazy Jim Demo Derby T-shirts made up. That would be cool. That would be fun to see I, again.
4: I, I'd be in. Well, I'm going to come yeah. up next weekend anyways to you know, go shop at David Hobbs Honda. <laughs> David
3: said he'd
4: meet me there and uh, let me test drive a couple new Hondas.
3: There's some nice ones out there, uh, Pipe Bomb. You with us? I am here. All right, we got Richmond this weekend. Uh, who do you? Li- I think we're just going to do the Cup and uh, the two IndyCar races. So who do you? Who do you like for the Cup race?
0: Well, I uh, unfortunately am going to have to take your favorite driver, Steve, and go with oh, Joey no. Logano. For oh the no! Win tonight at Richmond.
3: Richmond. All right, Eddie. Who do you like?
4: I'm going with,
3: uh, with uh, Harvick. Harvick.
4: Harvick,
3: okay. Harvick. I'm gonna go with Hamlin. I like Hamlin, even though the the betting uh, the betting money has been on Truex too. Uh, either war, I don't, I don't. I, either war. If you go up to the window and you put money on Harvick or, or Hamlin or Truex, I think those are going to be good picks. Uh, let's turn our attention to Mid Ohio running two races this weekend at. Uh, The twisty track at Mid Ohio. Who do you like, uh, Jeff, for both races? Uh, Give us two picks. I'm going
0: to take Will Power in one of them, and Simon Pagenaud in the other.
3: Yeah, and and we're not going to say this is for this one. We're just going to give two drivers. So either way, so you get both. Basically, you get both uh, drivers. The
0: power man and the French.
3: All right, Eddie. Who do you like?
4: Power and Dixon.
3: Power and Dixon. Okay, I am gonna. Oh boy. Uh, I am gonna go with uh, Dixon and Pajonal, and I and I, I hope Austin is uh, writing these down.
4: <laughs>
0: or somebody's sure writing
3: these down. That's so, what we got playback right. for. Got playback for. <laughs> so. Austin, we certainly appreciate those, and if you text those over to Jeff and I, we'll put those on the, the Final, Inspec- and Final Inspection Facebook page. If you haven't liked our page, please do. That's TFI, the Final Inspection Show on Facebook, and we post uh, not only our pics there, but lots of interesting uh, photos from the Pad collection, the courtesy of Scott uh, Scott Krieger. We certainly appreciate his submissions. A lot of neat stuff, uh, especially old race Photos from the Milwaukee Mile, and then we post uh, the latest from uh, Eddie Lapine and Jack Webster and and all the great team there at RacingNation.com, and then the latest uh, breaking news, we we put it up there. So, uh, Jeff, anything else you want to cover before we leave?
0: Well, we didn't really talk about Bubba Wallace leaving Richard Petty uh, racing, and I think it's going to be interesting because he did say that part of his contract, he was part owner of that team. So for him to move to another team, I'm sure he's going to have to sell his portion uh, before he moves to a different ride. But, uh, you know, so Bubba, out of the 43 next year, opens up possibly a seat for good old Eric Jones.
3: Yeah, that does make sense because there's been some talk of uh, Denny Hamlin getting into some ownership role. And if you think of it, if if Joe Gibbs really wants to do uh, a satellite team correctly, and and uh, well, what better way than to put Denny Hamlin in a situation where he he can be part ownership? Although I don't know why they they wouldn't do that with uh, KBM with Kyle Busch Motorsports. But it's interesting to see if anything has changed or is this a deal with Toyota? Uh, Toyota maybe want to increase in their footprint a little bit in 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 the in the Cup Series. So maybe if they do. Uh, Somehow, I don't even know how this will work at this point. Let's put it this way. There'd be a lot of lawyers in, involved in this, uh, Jeff and Eddie, uh, especially I, when you got ownership stakes and whatnot. But with Denny I, Hamlin I think, and, and Toyota doing something, it'd be interesting to see, and not necessarily with Denny driving, of course, but that could happen no, in I two think, years. So we'll see what happens. The,
4: gonna, the lawyers will be the ones that benefit, and you could probably oh, uh, <laughs> use all the uh, money to sponsor another car with all the lawyer fees.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that Gibbs really cares about having a satellite team. We saw how bad he stuck it to Martin Truex. Right. When Truex is at Furniture Row and they started kicking Gibbs' ass on a week-in, week-out basis. So I don't think he really wants to get Denny Hamlin or some other quality A-list driver behind the wheel of a team that's not 100% owned by him.
3: Well, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily him. though. No. I think it's Toyota. I think Toyota wants to at another team and what better way to do it than that way uh guys we certainly appreciate you coming on the show when we come back we're going to hear from martin truex jr and his uh get his feedback on richmond the richmond race coming up next on the final inspection show
2: Hey, Martin, appreciate your time. Uh, Earlier, Chase was on the call and he said he thinks you guys are okay and there's a a mutual respect there. I'm just curious to get your take on, you know, the whole thing and if you guys are okay and if that's just a natural factor of playoff intensity, the the incident last week. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I I would definitely agree with that, you know. Um, Just kind of one of those racing deals where it was – You know it was obviously really close um you know it was probably it was pretty much going to be you know the pass for the win in my eyes but um you know i feel like in that moment we both made a a split second decision and and tried to kind of anticipate or or think what the other would do and and i think we both guessed wrong to be honest with you so uh yeah just you know really close obviously nobody's fault I, i don't think you can really you know pin the blame on one guy just um you know kind of racing deals unfortunate for both of our teams thank you appreciate your time no problem thanks Woody
0: okay we're gonna go to Bob Pachris go ahead Bob yeah so Martin are you thinking that he's gonna lift in that situation and I'm also curious when you see the replay are you like did it look worse than what you thought it
2: was at the time um You know, honestly, Bob, I, you know, in the moment I thought, um, you know, I had enough momentum and I said in my interview after the race was, I thought I had the momentum. I thought I was going to be able to get him cleared. Um, you know, and then that the very last second that I seen that, you know, he was kind of just right there on the corner, you know, there was no way for me to, you know, keep from sliding up the hill. I mean, it's Darlington, you know, once you commit to the, to the turn, especially, you know, with a bad angle, um, you're going to use up all the racetrack. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly thought that, you know, uh, it was I knew it was close. um, But at that moment, you know, I couldn't do anything. I was committed. So, um, yeah, just the way it worked out. Thank you.
0: Okay, we're going to take our next question from Claire B. Lane. Go ahead, Claire.
2: Thank you.
4: When you think about Richmond in the playoffs, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're such a consistent driver you don't get wigged out you don't think about oppression you guys are aggressive all the time but what are your thoughts about it in general
2: I look forward to it you know I think uh great racetrack you know I love going there and, and and it puts on a great show so um you know obviously last year uh we had a lot of success there and really the past uh you know the past handful of seasons it's been a really great track for our team so um you know I think anytime you go to a place that uh you know, you've had recent success, um, you know, especially when it's in the playoffs, it's uh, it's a bonus. So I'm uh, excited to go there and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get a win. It's been a little while.
4: In general, what's Martin Truex Jr.'s philosophy in racing short tracks? Like what's your mindset?
2: You know, I, I think it's, uh, it's I guess, a little bit different for each one. I think, you know, at Richmond, I just focus on the things that uh, we've been able to to work on to be better there and um you know just try to remember you know kind of the things we've been working on and um you know how to approach the driving part of it as far as you know tire saving and how hard to push and, and what we'll kind of you know balance you need uh, throughout the race to be good at the end
4: good luck all right good luck
2: thanks claire
0: yeah okay we're gonna take our next question from nick with the richmond suburban newspapers
2: go ahead nick
4: good afternoon martin um so you have uh, been undefeated uh in uh, virginia across the last four uh, races uh, martinsville uh, last two in richmond of course sweep last year um you know uh, and all four have come with JGR. What would you say you have kind of found with uh, this organization since joining them, uh, knowing the success they've had at Richmond, of course, at Martinsville as well? What, you know, as far as communicating with them, guys on the team, what have you guys just kind of found to, to basically break your, uh, you know, short
0: track
2: streak, uh, winless streak back then, and then now you have four straight? Yeah, you know, I think it's just, um, it's kind of a, you know, a deal where we got to working on certain things and, um, you know trying to get the car to do certain things that i like it to do and and um you know working at the same group of guys for you know a few years there obviously at uh at furniture row it kind of kind of began and um you know being able to go to jgr with you know basically the same race cars and a lot of the same people and just continue really to work in, in those same directions in those same areas so You know i think um you know short tracks are places that are very unique and you know things that have worked in the past typically you can carry through and um and use them for seasons so um just the things that we've been working on you know for me particularly i guess um not only the way i drive my style but you know making the car complement that and obviously um you know great team and great race cars so it's really just a, a matter of putting all the pieces together and continuing to uh to refine on them over the years
0: We're going to take our next question from Marty with ROC Sports. Go ahead, Marty.
4: Thanks, Amanda. Hello there, fellow Martin. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, First off, I like the deer you got in the background. That's pretty cool. Thanks. (laughs) Um, I want to ask you about the news that came out earlier this week, uh, Auto Club being reconfigured into a short track. What's your take on that?
2: I actually just heard it, uh, yesterday, I guess, um, my crew chief let me know. I hadn't seen anything about it, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, a little bit sad, I guess, you know, I, I really, I really enjoyed California speedway. Um, great racetrack, you know, I feel like the older it's gotten, the the more fun it was to drive and to race on. So I'm a little bit disappointed from that standpoint, but, um, you know, anytime there's a new track, there's excitement and, um, it'll be cool to see what they come up with. You know, I don't know uh, any of the details at all. So be interesting to, uh, to see what they build there.
3: Thanks for your time,
4: Aaron. Good luck to you this weekend. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?